0: welcome to the diabetics doing things podcast we've been telling the amazing stories of type 1 diabetics all across the world since 2015 and we have over a thousand years of living with t1d on the podcast the interviews range from incredible feats to everyday victories and we celebrate them all just the same Thanks for listening, and if you want to get involved even further, just send me an email at rob at diabeticsdoingthings.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We are telling the amazing stories of Type One diabetics from all across the world, and in a rare form on this podcast, I've got two guests with me today—brothers, uh, in fact, Joey Chapman and Julian Tapia—and and that's just based on this, uh, based on your Skype uh, information. So, if if I got one of your last names incorrect, just please let me know
1: kind a good to <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. We're half brothers, but okay, uh, got it, got we, it, got it. We hey. grew up our
0: whole lives together, so yeah,
1: yeah. we're brothers.
0: Perfect. Well, yeah, I, I totally understand that. I have a half sister myself, and um, so let's talk about this, guys. I want to do. I want to do the introduction because uh, Joey, you are the type one diabetic of the of the duo. Uh, but you guys are going to be doing something pretty exciting. So before I dive into that, let's talk about uh, who you guys are, where you're from, give us the introduction, and then talk about the diagnosis story. And I also want to hear from Julian on it, because uh, I'm sure his perspective was uh, was pretty unique during that time as well. Right on. Yeah,
2: right. yeah so I'm Julian. I'm uh, Joey's older brother by six years. I live in Salt Lake City. Um we we moved out here for the outdoors for the mountains. Um, basically, just if I'm not at work, I'm outside doing things. Uh, hit Joey up, and we had the, the idea to hike the Pacific Crest Trail, and he was all about it. Um, being the older brother during Joey's diagnosis when he was like 10 years old was pretty rough. Seeing our family go through that, uh, man, it was it was tough, man. It was like a lifestyle change for a kid, and everybody kind of had to had to like help out and. He really owned it right away which was incredible to see almost you know inspiration for even his older brother so it was uh it was pretty pretty cool to
1: see yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so I, i'm joey i live in texas me and julian are in different states and uh yeah i'm 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 21 i'm a student i go to school in san marcos um i'm studying mass com um uh, i live up here i just try it and same thing as Julian, like just have that knack for the outdoors, try and get out and try and push myself as much as possible. Um, you know, if there's something that's challenging or something that's risky or like life threatening, you know. Um, but doable and you know, we're usually going after it. Right. So,
0: on. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, Julian. mm
1: mm-hmm.
0: So, Joe, yep. you were you were diagnosed when you were ten. Uh, what do you remember about that? I, obviously, like I was diagnosed at sixteen, and I still, you know, I remember life before, but none of the real nuances. Do you remember what it was like before you had diabetes?
1: I kind of do. Yeah, by the time you're ten, I guess you've had started to to remember things or um, start to like understand things about the world and piece it together. Um, which is crazy because as, as we grow as diabetics, we learn from, we meet other diabetics and we learn that everyone's diagnosed at all these different ages and it's like a totally different experience. So, so like 16 and 10, I, it's probably totally different worlds. Um, but 10 years old was, it was, uh, you know, like I said, you're just starting to kind of form your ideas on the world and, um, like grow into boyhood and, uh, yeah, I remember growing up as a as you know a normal childhood. I had a family who loved me and a lot of brothers. I'm the fifth boy, bless my mother's soul. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm the I'm the youngest of five boys, and we all uh, grew up in the same house, just like rough house in it, playing football, playing video games, backyard Olympics. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was like. Really great, and, and the normal, you know, eating like going to birthday parties and eating cakes and, and drinking soda and, and kind of carefree about what you're doing. Um, and then, yeah, you know, just typical store like diagnosis story got really sick, um, and actually at a birthday party um, after eating cake. Wow. and uh, yeah, um, was sick for a few weeks and went to the doctor and they tested me for ketones and uh. He knew right away and was like, you need to go to the hospital. And uh, I remember, like, having to start testing, having to start pricking my finger and not really knowing what it was about and just thinking it was, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm sick. They're they're checking up. They're checking my vitals or whatever, you know, not knowing that it would be forever. And um, there's the, there's this one point, this one moment that I remember, like, so vividly. And I've, I've told Julian over and over again. But, like, it was – It was a couple days into it and walking to the food court through the hospital with my mom and, uh, we were going to get some food and I, and I had to sit down and count my carbs with her and test my blood sugar and, and draw up an insulin shot. And, um, I asked her like, is this, is this how it's going to be forever? Like, and she just kind of like that motherly, she, she knew it was a big, like a huge moment for her and for me. And she just kind of like looked at me and stopped and took a deep breath and was just like, yeah, this is, this is going to be the routine from now on. And it was a, a pretty intense moment for being 10 years old.
0: Oh, my gosh. I can't um, even think about what it was like for her <laughs> in that yeah, moment. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like right? a huge mom moment, right? Oh. Yeah. Man, <laughs> yeah, well, tough. moms
1: have those moments. Moms have to do that enough <laughs> times.
0: It's a major one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Your yeah. first beer
0: yeah (laughs) oh that's crazy man uh julian like what do you remember about that time you you know you were you said you were six years older than joey so you're 16 you got your own kind of sets of problems at 16 like most 16 year olds right younger brother gets gets hit with this you know diagnosis what uh and you know you mentioned and and i think your perspective of joey is much like mine when i meet younger kids with diabetes it's pretty amazing how much they own it and uh, and really take care of themselves, I'm always in awe of it, never never gets old. What was right. that like, kind of, you know, just seeing him do that? And, f- you know, for you guys, were there any other conversations that you guys had as a as a family, as a group about it?
2: Right, yeah, so right when Joey got diagnosed, I was actually taking finals in school. So I remember being, like, up late at a friend's house studying and getting the call, like, hey, Joey was admitted to, to ICU, like, he's really sick, and us not knowing what it was. So it was, like, a scary moment, you're stressed out because of school and things like that time goes on we find out what it is we find out joey's you know t1d and i remember going to the hospital and seeing joey and actually sitting down with nurses as as like a like a family counseling like how our life was going to change we had any questions and i remember that being really powerful like we were all in there just kind of asking you know dumb questions like i remember some i mean i think it was me asking like so is it because joey ate too much sugar like is that what it was you know just those <laughs> those those misconceptions that always happen with diabetes right And so it was a, it was a shocking and like a learning experience and, and it was, yeah, it was a threshold into a new lifestyle that we had to go into as a family. And like I said before, Joey owned it immediately. Like, I don't know, it it was, it's almost better that it happened to him. I don't know if I would have owned it the way that he did.
0: It's always interesting, um, you know, a because sometimes we quickly forget how we use none of us used to know anything about type one diabetes so you know we were just as uh, sort of ignorant as everybody else uh so it's funny i whenever i talk to newly diagnosed people i always say there's no dumb questions because you know you want to make sure you ask everything um yeah. and you know the other the other part being you know just having those those family discussions where you kind of are yeah you're in this new territory uh where you know you, you sort of just have to say, okay, come what may, here we are. We're a family. This is part of us now. Uh, right. You know, big, big team effort. I think, you know, for me specifically, you know, without my family support, you know, mom, dad, brother, sister, I, you know, I, I give a, them a lot of credit for my success, especially early on with type one, because they were just like, okay, here we go. We're going to do this together.
2: Right. And it, it's just a lifestyle change, not only for the, the person diagnosed, but for the whole family. I mean, I remember going on road trips with the family, you know, immediately after, and just like, you know, normally we stop at a, a fast food restaurant, you know, on the way, but then things change, you know, we had to find out like, okay, how is this going to affect Joey's blood sugar? Like, okay, what's well, for dinner? Like, everybody is now hypersensitive. You know, we all shared rooms as brothers, uh, when we were growing up, and now mom's coming upstairs in the middle of the night to check Joey's blood sugar. And so things just changed.
1: But, but, I, I mean, like, we still did. the, the our, My family was so good at, at making me feel normal throughout it and, like, giving me that support system. Like, I'm so grateful to have that because we, we didn't skip going through the, the like, fast food, you know? We would do it because it's, like, this is what we would normally do and we're not going to not do it just because of this. Like, we're not going to make Joey feel this way, you know? And that was, like, I give a lot of thanks to you guys for, for like, encouraging me to keep doing that and, like, Make yeah. me feel as normal about it as possible.
2: It's true, though. Like, we we didn't change too much. It was just we became hypersensitive to what we were doing. We didn't necessarily change what we were doing, Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, but the sensitivity yeah. is important, you know? Um, yeah. Because those those issues are, you know, I don't even say issues. Just day-to-day life becomes a new, you know, math problem or a new, you know, unexpected obstacle that you're going to have to leap over, you know? Uh, And just having that commitment from the group is it's super important, man. So, yeah, definitely don't discount it. And, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, parents and and siblings, friends of, of other type ones that listen to this show. Don't underestimate how important that is. Those conversations, even I remember some just talks with some of my bros, like kind of just joking around right away. Like, so are we gonna have to like shoot you with this shot, bro? Like, what is you know, and giving mm. them the glucagon uh, conversation, yeah. you know? And they're like, oh, I can't, hey. I can't wait to jab you with this thing. Like, yeah, and we joke about that. We were climbing a few months ago, and we're like
2: about to go out into the back country, and Joey just turns the group and is like, hey. If I become
0: unresponsive, stab me in the ass with this glucagon, and everyone's yeah. like, "What?" <laughs> hey, better sa- better safe right. than sorry, man. You gotta know. You gotta know yeah. what to do. You gotta know. Yeah. So, speaking of the wilderness, you guys talked a little bit about being uh, outdoorsy, and uh, you know, Julian, you kind of you know, previewed and prefaced the the PCT trip. So, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, or a lot, really. I want to talk. You guys are taking a pretty important trip uh, in the next few months together. Um, and it's going to go all the way across the U.S. So uh, tell us a little bit, just give us some background for, for people who are not, uh, you know, hiking experts like myself. I feel like every hike I've ever been on has ended just in catastrophic me getting lost or losing water, just a terrible... Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's yeah, something it's, it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's it's you know, and it's always fun and I always like it, but I you know I am the least qualified person to talk about it. So, uh, give us the the rundown of what you guys are doing, uh, and then we'll kind of dig into some of the other cool factors about you know the uh, the show and and the diabetic dirt bag and hangdog days.
2: Nice. Yeah. So the Pacific Crest Trail is a long distance through hike. It's a scenic trail, national scenic trail that runs from Mexico to Canada on the west coast. Um, Think of it as just like walking becomes your job. You wake up every single day and you just we're gonna be walking north. Like that is our job, forty hours a week, every day. Let's do this. Um, It can be broken down even smaller if you think about it as like a bunch of small backpacking trips. So we will be hiking like five to seven days at a time, and then hitchhiking into town, going to resupply food, uh, you know, take a shower, and then get back to the trail and head north again so we'll be doing that just over and over and over and we'll be documenting it we'll be documenting diabetes in the outdoors podcasting filming a documentary and uh writing about it as well
0: so this this trail it like it connects all the way or is there's a little like you mentioned hitchhiking back in but you could basically theoretically the trail goes all the way from Absolutely. mexico to canada so where where does it pass through kind of what uh, walk us along the like maybe major checkpoints or something
2: yeah, so, I mean, I guess I don't know them verbatim, but let's see. The first 700 miles is about is through the desert. Uh, um, you go up through the Sierras, which is, you know, like like think of the John Muir Trail, like Yosemite, things like that. You drop down and uh, kind of pass Tahoe, Northern California, and then you walk through Oregon, kind of past Crater Lake, and then through Washington to Canada. Think of like the Cascades and, uh, um, yeah, that goes through the Cascades and it ends in Canada. But it's a you know, massive walk. It's like two thousand six hundred and fifty miles.
1: Yeah, it's over on the eastern uh, side of all of the, the California and Oregon and Washington. So it's it's up in the mountain ranges and not so much like towards the coast. Yeah, uh, so to speak. And, you and you it's know,
0: an established trail for sure. And pretty pretty rough country most of the way, right? But beautiful. But you know, in some cases, pretty rugged. Uh, you know, walking right.
1: Unforgiving. Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, like he mentioned, the first seven hundred miles through the desert—it's like very scarce of water and and no protection from the sun, and you're just getting pelted on all day. And in it, you know, it's flat, it's flat, and it's sandy, but it's like just unsheltered, unforgiving.
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of rescues happen in the beginning of the Pacific Crest Trail because people underestimate how harsh and how exposed and unforgiving the desert actually is.
0: So as you guys are planning this this journey, um, I do want to back up I'm gonna ask this question, but then I'm gonna back up because I, I, I this idea is super cool and and very obviously ambitious and uh, requires a lot of commitment. So I want to dive in dive into a little bit of that. but how are you guys preparing different for that you know first seven hundred miles, knowing what you know that it you know is some of the most rugged, unforgiving part of the trip?
1: differently from from people who are hiking uh without type 1 diabetes
0: maybe that or just uh you know how are you guys approaching it
1: specifically just
0: as Uh, as you as you guys
2: yeah so the desert section so the way that i see it is we'll be doing a lot of our hiking in the morning and a lot of it in the evening and trying to find shelter kind of midday because it'll just be too hot and it'll wear us out too much um to be exposed you know at high noon um We'll also be carrying quite a bit of water from each water source, so we'll be carrying—I mean, like minimum three or four liters uh, a day—and and definitely covering some mileage. Like we, it's almost mm-hmm. like we have to cover mileage in the beginning, uh, just because we need to get to water sources. So we, like right off the bat, it's like we got to hit 20, 23 miles a day, um, just bam, which can be pretty taxing on your body. Like right, right out of the gate, you just start walking huge miles. That's 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 big.
1: Right. Yeah. And so like some of these water sources are, are very spread out. Some of them are closer together. So I think we just need to be really uh, knowledgeable about where our next water source is and, you know, whether we're going to have time to, to make miles up in the morning and in the evening and the cool parts of the days to enable to get to those sources and, and resupply with water.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so so I hiked the Appalachian Trail on the East Coast in 20 mile days right out of the gate is that's a big that's a big bite to take right away.
1: And you I mean you're you're not just walking, you're walking like we were talking about earlier it's an unsupported hike, uh unassisted yeah. hike and so we're carrying our whole lives on our backs in our backpacks. So it's, you know, yeah. it's sleeping, it's it's bedding, it's shelter, it's warmth, it's clothes, it's cooking, food, yeah. uh, food water,
2: fuel. Um, I mean everything in you, Joey, it's it's uh, all your uh insulin and all of your medical supplies. And then on top of that, all of our camera gear. Yeah, you know, it's a it's gonna be quite a hefty uh, adventure.
0: It it is, and I think you know I want to make sure that we all sort of understand the stakes, right? Uh, and and you know how big of an undertaking it is. So, backing up a little bit, uh, when did you guys know, and maybe where did the idea come from that you guys were going to do this? Um, and, and then, you know, as that evolved, you know, the documentary, doing the podcast, doing the different programs, like uh, doing the hike unassisted, right, uh, in terms of medical supplies, like you guys are going to have everything with you. Um, you know, where did that idea come from? And how, you know, how long have you guys been planning it?
1: We've been, we've been talking about it for like almost a year now, I think. And what happened is Julian came to me and another brother of mine. We're actually hiking with another brother. So there'll be three of us. Yeah. Um, all right we're just we'll leaving we're,
0: we're leaving him out of the podcast because he he's in, he's in trouble or he's just not he's
1: not... he's in mia he's okay got it he's a hard man to find <laughs> these days <laughs> um all right well yeah we'll he look
0: up at the stars for him and just wave after wave <laughs> to him after this <laughs>
1: he's out there shouts out to Andrew, right on, um, Andrew. <laughs> i'm sorry yeah um God, i'm getting distra- distracted no 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 it's fine yeah. So you,
0: uh, you guys were talking about this with you, and you're doing this with your other brother. Yeah, yeah that's uh, right. Julian that's came right. up with the the idea and and you know pitched it to you guys.
1: Yeah, Julian came to us and was like, "Hey, I, you know," so Julian had hiked the AT before a couple of years ago, and and he was scheming and and was planning his next one, and it was going to be the the PCT, and he came to us and just pitched the idea to us kind of nonchalantly, and was like, "Hey, you guys should consider tagging along," and um. At, you know we're like duh that sounds amazing that sounds incredible <laughs> like opportunity of a lifetime with you know with yeah. a, a man who's done it before and and is experienced and will be able to like keep us straight um and yeah so we've been and so so initially it was like the first the first thing that i thought was like well yes like let's do it but then when it, when it started sinking in it was like I don't know if that's like really a good idea with with the condition of type one diabetes. And, and so we spent a lot of time kind of grappling with that.
0: Right. Because there, um, there are things like, you know, the first leg of the, of the hike is super hot. So, you know, keeping, keeping your supplies cool and, you know, under, you know, um, protected. And then also just like the innate, you know, what if, you know, low blood sugars out in the, out, you know, while you guys are walking in between stops, you know? So, um, what were some of the, you know, initial thoughts and like uh fixes that you guys are, are working through uh you know for joey's sort of on the trail treatment
1: and i think it's ongoing it's really ongoing and we're and um, i think a lot of it will take as we go once we start the hike kind of learn and adjust yeah. um we've done a few like overnight trips before multi-day trips before and like you mentioned the low blood sugars um Yeah, I'm I don't know if it's just me or other diabetics experience this, but when I'm hiking and especially through elevation changes with a with a heavy pack, my blood sugar cannot stay up. It just it just plummets. And so that's like a huge one that we're gonna have to look look out for. Yeah. And the crux is, is like we can't carry ten juice boxes a week because that's too much way too much weight. It's just gonna make it much harder.
2: Yeah. Finding what to get it up. Yeah, those those backpacking trips that we've been on before were mega learning experiences for us because we had no idea what we were getting into, and at let's see, at times it it got like you know pretty serious situations. You know, Joey's out of food and we've got a day and a half left on the trail. Like, whoa, we're out here now. We need to start rationing food and like somebody else has got to give him food because we just didn't calculate right.
1: It's like I literally have to eat all my food because my to keep my sugars up, and then next thing you know, you don't have dinner. You don't have breakfast.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, it's those challenges, right? Uh, and you know, that's I mean, living on the trail unassisted as a type one, I think you know, those are those things that you know, every day is going to be different. And you, you know, you know, Joey, you mentioned, uh, you know, extended exercise, being out in the warm weather, you know, uh, carrying a heavy pack, walking a long way. Yeah, like you know, your body is performing at a pretty high level at that point. Uh, makes you more insulin sensitive. So, you know, your normal ratios are going to be thrown off. It's, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's, and it's interesting. I mean, it's a, but it's a challenge. So, you also are going to have to, you know, every day is an experiment, uh, oh. even, even when you're not on the PCT. But out there, it's just, you know, every, every extra juice box adds another layer of complexity,
1: right? Exactly. Exactly. And, but that's like one of the huge reasons why we decided we had to do it. Because for a moment there, it was like diabetes was gonna shut us down. And when we thought about that, we were like, "Dude, hell no!" Excuse me, but like, like that can't. You know, like we were talking about earlier when like we were little, it's like we wouldn't not go to Dairy Queen um, because of of type one diabetes. It's like right. we went to Dairy Queen and we experienced a really high blood sugar from a blizzard, you know. And but we learned, and so so like. For example, this instance, it was like, we can't do this hike because of type 1 diabetes. And we sat there and we're like, when has that ever stopped us before? Yeah, When when should we let it stop us?
0: Those moments are so critical. Um, I think throughout your life with type 1, but especially, you know, not early on, it's important. I think I've heard some people who are older and like adults when they were diagnosed or uh, I, I interviewed a guy, Oren Lieberman, who's a CNN correspondent. He and his wife were like traveling around the world and were in like Nepal when he got diagnosed. And they were on this wow. like year long trip and they decided <laughs> right after he got diagnosed, he had this terrible diagnosis experience and had like come back to the US. They decided that they were just going to go and and go be- get back on the road because if they didn't, that would just set the the wrong precedent for the rest of his life. Right. Yeah. So, and I think that's, you know, a little bit what you guys are going through, you know, it's, it's one thing to think about, okay, yeah, maybe there will be some challenges and now, and now because of those, we have to do it.
2: Absolutely. I think the the, the biggest tagline for me is that, you know, diabetes will not make the decision. Like if you want to do something, do it.
0: Yeah. No, I, I can't, I can't agree more. And I think, for me, that was a huge part of what you know made my early years, or you know, formed my my life, kind of right off the bat with type one. Uh, I wanted to play basketball. I asked the doctor point blank, like, "Can I play basketball?" And she was like, "You know what? You can do whatever you want to do as long as you take care of yourself along the way." And that was kind of all I needed. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know.
2: I can't speak for you guys, but I've had people since we've been doing this kind of uh, series. Moms emailing me like hey, I didn't realize my son could do something like that. And my response is like, your son can do whatever he wants if it's just managed properly. you know." And that's, I mean, I'm not diabetic, but that's kind of how I see it for Joey. Like, he does what he wants. You know, he just manages it. He makes it happen.
1: Yeah, it's, it's wild because a lot of people, whenever they're diagnosed, don't get the same support. Like, nobody gets the same support. And so a lot of people don't know. A lot of people are afraid. A lot of people just are nervous. Like, it, you know, if you're diagnosed when you're 25... And, you know, say you've been drinking alcohol, uh, for five, for four years now. And all of a sudden, like, you don't know if you can go out and and have a drink with your friends anymore. You're like, and, and I think for kids, they get a better support system. I'm not totally sure, but, but I feel like, you know,
0: I think there's a, you know, and again, yeah, you're right. It's not, I don't have a clinical definition, but there's a lot of support for young, young people with diabetes and rightfully so. Like that's a huge, they, they probably need more support, but you know, I definitely feel for the people who are our age. You know, in their early twenties, late twenties, thirties, forties, who you know don't their doctor just gave them a prescription and said good luck, and they're yeah, you know yeah. lo- looking for yeah. whatever, whatever we've support, met, whatever yeah. resources they can they can find. What do you say? Yeah, sorry.
2: We met those guys, and it's yeah. interesting to talk to them about that. Like a completely different world, and like taking on a new new lifestyle at that age is just it's a whole new game. It's a whole new struggle. It's interesting, yeah, we like, just
0: I, I met a sorry, girl, go ahead. Go uh, ahead. I, I met a girl who she was diagnosed, I think at like seventeen or eighteen, like still a kid, you know, but her mom was, you know, was a just primary care physician physician. She lived in a small town. and she gave the doctor just gave her a DVD in Spanish, and she didn't even speak Spanish. Just they gave her a Spanish DVD to teach her how to treat oh like, uh, to treat her diabetes. And like, you know, I'm not saying that that's oh the standard God. or that that's every day. But that's – and it's a similar experience for a lot, a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, these types of stories, like, you know, going and hiking the PCC trail or the PCT, it's – these are important for people because they're going to ask those questions. Can I go on an extended backpacking trip? Hey, Mm -hmm. hey, mom, I want to go on a backpacking trip. So what's mom do? She gets on the internet, she searches, and what does she find? She's going to find you guys. So, Uh, you know, I think it's uh, those types of things and and really – kind of embodying that beyond type one, live beyond type experience um, are super important. And I think I could, you know, that's why when you guys, you know, when you guys messaged me, I was like, yeah, I need to have, I need to not only have these guys on before the hike, but I got to have you guys on after too, because I know there are going to be some, some great stories of of achievement. And I, and also just like times where you guys were all tired, kind of back against the walls and making great decisions, you know, making decisions for, for the best of the group. Uh, but I also want to know that, like, hey, you know what? There was a, we had a, an issue to overcome with diabetes on the trail and we did it and we kept going. And, you know, it didn't stop us and we, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we, we were prepared for it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's,
0: we'll hit you up midway. How about that in Tahoe hey, or something like man, that, you know? I, I, I love that. Point. Let's make it happen. Hey.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, but Rob, it's almost like we have to expect something, something bad to happen. Yeah. You know, because like bad things happen to us when we're here in our natural and our habitat, and when we have all the resources with us, and so right. so it's like when we're out in the wilderness and we're you know sixty miles from town, and you gotta you know and you run out of you you use your last sight your last sight comes out or, um, yeah. you know we'll have to make those decisions. You're right, and and we will overcome them.
2: And there are already so many struggles you're gonna, we're going to go through as through hikers in general that I'm going to go through. Like, I'm going to go through just so many ups and downs as just an, a, a through hiker. Joey has an, another layer of that, being type 1 diabetic, something extra to manage. And so it's just going to be a whole other layer of just things to, to take care of and things that, that can go askew, things that can go wrong. So it's going to be – it'll be a challenge. It'll be a team effort for sure. Um, but, man, yeah, you're right. We're gonna run into some challenges for sure. I mean, you were hospitalized just uh, what like a month ago, Mm -hmm. and that brought up some some we you know some questions for us.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. What
2: happened?
1: So I have actually never I hadn't been hospitalized because of diabetes like almost my entire life of having diabetes. I've been really fortunate and and been taking really good care. But um, I, I caught some kind of stomach virus, the stomach bug, and I just started throwing up and I couldn't keep any food down. And it all started happening right after I had a big dinner with a lot of carbs and gave a lot of insulin. And I just started throwing up all of my food and I had all of this insulin on board and I couldn't keep anything down. And, and so I drank a bunch of juice boxes. You know, I was in the 20s and I just started drinking juice boxes and just started throwing them up. And it was like very nerve wracking, Um, and I called my mother. Frustrating too. (laughs) What's that?
0: I said, "Yeah, probably frustrating too." I imagine just like, oh yeah, you bet.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I don't think I can drink another grape juice box again. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, four of them down, four of them out, (laughs) and uh, and I, you know, I really didn't want to go to the ER. It was like if this was happening to me and I didn't have a blood sugar problem, I would have just toughened it up and and waited it out and and waited for the bug to get over the bug. But it was like, you got to do something because you're crashing. And I remember talking to my mom and being like, mom, this is what's going on. Um, You know, my roommates are here. They can take me to the hospital if I need to. I don't want to go. I have the glucagon shot. Like, I'll give myself a glucagon if I need to. And she was just like, no, that's a bad idea. Like, you should go. And I was just feeling so shitty. It was like, okay, let's do it. And I mean, it just something as simple as a stomach bug that can cause vomiting. And that's like, we were talking about it afterwards. Like that's something that's so real and very prevalent to through hikers yeah. on the trail.
2: Yeah. It, it's going to happen. Like you're going to get a stomach bug. You're going to get Noro. You're going to get Giardia. I mean, think about it. We're, we're out there. Not, we're just, we're through hikers. We're not going to be taking showers every day. Like,
1: The water that we're drinking.
2: Yeah, we're going to be taking water from cow troughs if we need to. You know what I mean? Like, we'll be drinking shitty water. Uh, And if you get a stomach bug, like, we'll just need to figure it out real quick.
1: What what we did learn, um, what we're going to try to combat that with is going to be, like, honey packets. Yeah. Packets of honey because honey is so – it's got so many carbs. It's, like, um, the amount of carbs in a juice box, like 15 or 17 – a normal-sized juice box is, like, the same that you would find in a uh, tablespoon of honey, and which is usually the, the packets come in a tablespoon. So, um, And those are super lightweight, so it'll be perfect. Just throw the yeah. bag full of those things.
0: Easy to carry. Yeah, really easy to get, I'm sure, like, if you guys are in town and needed to re-up on yeah. some.
1: Just exactly. grab them at the, at the yeah. restaurant, you know?
0: Sometimes we'll be even, like, just resupplying. Like,
2: I mean, I've resupplied at, at just gas stations, and if, if that's all you have – and that's all you have. And, like, I'm sure they sell little, like, nut packets or honey packets or Pop-Tarts, you know, that's what you have for the week. Um, so, yeah, it's just trying to find those those little things that can bring you up quick and you can keep down. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and hopefully honey won't be so, like, buoyant or, or, like, it won't, like, if you are throwing up, hopefully you can keep right. honey down. Yeah. Keep our fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe the stickiness will, so, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm not well, a scientist. It's just a
1: smaller amount, really, yeah. is what I'm thinking totally <laughs> <The> stickiness yeah
0: <laughs> what uh what are you guys looking forward to the most would you say uh, about the hike like what's your and, and you guys can answer separately but i and, you know um this is obviously like a, a pretty astonishing thing so yeah so it's so, a, this is a so, peak moment for you guys right i mean even though you know julian you're a through hiker you've done this type of trip before but this is one of the big ones
2: yeah for sure so Something that I've just been really looking forward to is one experiencing this with my brothers and, and walking. From, I mean, you get to you get to experience life in slow motion up the West Coast. It's amazing seeing cultures change, meeting people. You've got no real agenda other than just to walk, and it's a great lifestyle for people to live and to try out. But the thing I'm looking forward to most is all the time you have to yourself to think and just walk. Because what happens when you're in that state is you think all the thoughts. You've processed everything that's in your mind, everything that's bothering you, anything that's just bugging you. And so whenever you do that, you literally, at least for me, experience that be here now moment. You finally understand like, what it means to be in the moment. You just have the thoughts of like, oh, rock, oh, leaf, oh, tree, oh, river, oh, I'm thirsty. So you truly get that experience because you're not um, diluted with everyday just thought process and things like that. You finally get to just like a pure state. It's really nice.
0: Yeah. What a. I mean, I, I've been I've been doing a, a meditation practice for the last yeah. you know a little a little over a year trying to go to a uh, trying to get a ten day silence retreat on the books for the year. But uh, you know, yeah. I, I imagine yeah, you, you know could. that the uh you know after walking all that way and just yeah just having those very present thoughts even if it's and like it's not this nirvana moment sometimes right it's just rock tree i'm breathing i'm you know sun on my face
2: it's so simple and you appreciate it it's like you sit down in the afternoon and like eat an apple and you're like holy shit that
0: was the best apple
2: ever had in my life yeah
0: wow uh joey what about you man
1: so i'm kind of on a different uh playing field as julian because julian's through hiked and julian knows what he i mean the pct will be different than the at but he kind of knows what to expect um and he's going to know how to enjoy it i feel like i'm going to be uh i don't really know what to expect um other than you know what i've read and, and what i've talked to about julian with julian about but um and what i can imagine will be you know the best part about it is probably the same thing that Julian said is being able to just um, kind of escape from this, this hectic routine lifestyle that we're in right now and be able to step back and just live a, a simpler one, just kind of slim down and be simple for, for five months. And uh, you know, that's something that I've never, never did. you know, almost a year ago, didn't think whatever happened. And so it's, it's really surreal to be in this situation, and um I'm looking forward to being able to kind of like I'm in this position in in my life where I'm finishing up school right now. I'll be graduating, I'll be looking for a job. Um, I really enjoy working with cameras and telling stories. Um, and And so what we want to do is is we're gonna we're gonna shoot a documentary um, or or try to. And so I really look forward to spending that time to kind of think and and focus in on like some some major goals of mine like 10 year plans, 15, 20 year plans, um, and, and take this time where my life is simple and we're doing that, we're walking. It's like tree, rock, river, um, think. Um, I'll, I'm looking forward to having all this time to think and kind of craft out uh, my future as we take. And you know are we taking five months off from life?
2: No, man. <laughs> We're clocking into life. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, you're really yeah. just like,
0: you're just taking it one day at a time instead of worrying about, you know, the future, I suppose, right?
2: These experiences truly strip people down to, the, to their, like, most vulnerable self. And a lot of times that can be scary. And uh, it, it it's what happens. You do get stripped down. And then you build yourself right back up. You kind of go through shit that's hard. I mean, and, and you experience things that are raw. You know, it's like
1: wow, this yeah. sucks. One but, thing, Julian. That oh, yeah, one thing that you told me about uh, how you feel after completing the AT, and I think this is something the Appalachian Trail. This is something that I look forward to um, when we complete the PCT. Is uh, you were like, I look at every challenge in life now like it's minuscule because I have achieved the like the impossible. You know, I achieved this 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 huge challenge and I got over the hump or you know whatever and so I look forward to like hitting these speed bumps and overcoming them and not quitting and and making it to the end and then feeling that kind of like um that high just being on that high afterwards
2: I want to say it's it's like the hardest thing you've ever done in your life and the easiest thing you've ever done in your life at the same time I mean it's 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 a wild experience man I'm, I'm stoked it's gonna be great it's gonna be fun
0: yeah, and uh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Just hearing you guys talk about it, obviously, uh, it gets me excited for the journey, man. I'm really excited to follow you guys along. Um, in hang dog de- days and uh, the diabetic dirtbags, uh, you guys are, don't look like dirtbags right now, but I imagine there will be some times uh, <laughs> in this documentary where we're going to see you at your very vulnerable, unshowered state, which will be pretty fun to see, I imagine. Yeah. right
1: yeah so the dirt the dirt bag kind of just we 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 created this idea of the diabetic dirt bag where it's it's just kind of pushing people with type 1 diabetes to get outdoors and so like what a dirt bag is is someone who kind of like what scrapes by and, and like uh, i don't know maybe lives out of the van and um is not part of the system and uh and and pretty much just kind of lives the life that they want to live
2: yeah and, regardless of what society thinks
1: right and so the, the idea is just kind of push people with type 1 diabetes to get outside and find their inner dirt bag and uh so that's a that's a podcast we do um
0: yeah man I, uh, go ahead and plug it dude plug it that's what that's why we're here we're gonna we're gonna you know i'm gonna include it all in the show notes and link everybody to it so um i know you guys are gonna be doing episodes while you're on the road um so where do we go where do we find the diabetic dirt bag episodes
2: so you can find uh, the Dieback Dirtbag on Hangdog Days. It's a segment off of Hangdog Days. So hangdogdays.com, com, or you can find us on any uh, podcasting platform. That's iTunes, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, any Android app. We're on more or less all of them. Um, yeah, Hangdog Days just a storytelling media platform. We you know we podcast, we do video, we do photos and uh, audio, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've you know adventure travel and outdoor we'll be documenting diabetes in the outdoors and telling the story about it so follow along well of course I, I, at, I, at I, days is our instagram that's Get right uh
0: and i, I for one i'm like really looking forward to to hearing the journey and following along so um you know be be on the lookout for some comments and messages from me while whenever you guys are checking in from the road yeah. um As we kind of wrap up, and I mean, we're going to get you guys on in the middle and then again at the end. So, I mean, you're going to have, we're going to have a couple hours of conversations by the time this thing's all done. Um, I do ask one question on every episode. So I'm going to ask, uh, here's what I'm going to do just to hold us accountable. I'm going to ask Joey the question on this one. uh, And then I'm going to ask uh, Julian on the next one. Uh, and then uh, your your other brother, I'm going to ask on the last one. So that's, that's the way we're going to keep this thing accountable. Uh, Sounds does fair. Sound like, sound like a plan to you guys? That's fair. All right. So, uh, Joey, the question is if uh, y- the context is important. Imagine like you're in an airport, uh, you're at the gate uh, to your flight, uh, and for whatever reason, you got to be on that plane, whatever's on the other end of the plane, you got to be there. Um, but you run into somebody who's either been recently diagnosed or is struggling with, uh, with type one. What's the one thing that you tell them in that 30 seconds before they shut the door to your kid?
1: 30 seconds starts now.
0: 30 <laughs> seconds starts now. You're on the, on the clock.
1: Um, struggling, recently diagnosed. Um, if I'm getting on a plane, I'm probably going to Utah on some epic climbing trip with my brother. So I'm probably on like some super stoked high I'm getting outdoors Um, probably tell them that there's like the, there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel and where we are right now with, with technology, it's like, we can't be happier as type one diabetics. Like, let's use what we got. And, um, I mean, it's a bummer for sure. Don't get me wrong. It's a bummer. And I feel you. I'm right there with you. But, uh, but uh, I mean, if you have dreams, like don't let diabetes make the decision to not follow your dreams.
0: Man, you nailed it! I love it. Ooh, that's so good. And then you just zip on that plane and go climb some mountains or wherever you're going to later. To Utah. Yeah, you're tossing out. my
1: grape juice box because I'm not drinking that one anyways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. That's uh, that's gonna be your next thing is you're gonna just uh, find all these grape juice boxes and donate them to people all over the country because you don't want. Them <laughs> hey, we'll send you a, gra- a box of grape juice. Hey. <laughs> Uh, well man, fellas, it was great to meet you guys. Uh, I'm super stoked for your trip. Um, I can't wait to hear uh, you know about all the adventures. I'm gonna follow you guys uh, on all all of the different channels. Check in on the podcast as well. so uh, when when is the date that you guys actually hit the road? what's the what's the start date?
2: Man, it's, it looks like we're gonna be kicking off May fourth.
0: okay. Mm-hmm. May the fourth be with you. Worthy.
2: exactly yeah yeah so we're good lucky day we're gonna we're gonna take off and yeah you know,
1: it'll be it'll be crazy for me i'll be finishing up all my final exams and i'll yeah. move out of my house and move into a storage unit and plane and find myself in the desert with my bros <laughs> i crazy. love it
0: stoked, man it's gonna be good all right well may 4th we will uh we will be for uh, for sure gonna post this podcast before may 4th so that we get you guys uh you, you know as many people to follow along as possible but yeah i just oh, yeah. did, did want to thank you guys again for coming on taking the time uh taking your time on a friday night uh, i know there's plenty of other stuff you guys could be doing so uh you know thanks for all that you do and uh, we're gonna be following along
1: yeah thanks for having us rob
0: you're the man rob thanks a lot man